everyone, and welcome to the Damn Fine TV Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, entertainment writer and TV enthusiast. On this week's show, I'm back. You guys, the show is finally back. And I'm here to talk about Season 9 of American Horror Story, 1984, Episode 1, entitled Camp Redwood. We're going to talk gore. We're going to talk camp. We're going to talk 80s hair and outfits, short shorts. We're going to talk about it all. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining me. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me again. I'm so sorry that I have been away for so long. Uh, I think, you know, the last time that we really talked on this platform was back in December. I was like, hey, see you in January for sure. Can't wait. And then nothing. Radio silence for like nine months. So hopefully most of you follow me on social media or you read the blog update where I did make mention that I was going to be taking a break from podcasting because I really wanted to focus on this book that I'm writing. I wanted to pursue some other interests as well. If not, if the last thing you heard from me was that I was coming back in January, I am so sorry. Thank you for your patience and understanding. I did not disappear. I was not murdered by Mr. Jingles. I am here. I am back. And I'm so excited to be back. You know, I'm still working on the book. I'm still pursuing other interests. But as soon as I heard that American Horror Story was doing a like 1980s theme, first of all, because you will always get me with the 1980s, and a slasher, I was like, yep, all in. Got to go back to podcasting. And now if you were a listener of the show last year, you probably know that horror has not always been my jam. Like I stayed away from horror for a good 15 years, let's say, 10, 15 years. I used to be into it when I was a kid. I tried to like prove to myself that I was brave enough and then I just gave it up. But, you know, since the last time that we spoke... I have really been getting into horror. Uh, I think like Haunting of Hill House on Netflix really kicked it off for me. And then ever since then, I mean, I don't watch movies like I am a TV person through and through, but I will watch horror movies. And that's basically all my fiance and I have been doing for like months now. It's like every weekend we watch at least like one horror film. And actually, in kind of preparation for this season of American Horror Story, I had to go back and watch, like, the original Friday the 13th. I tried to watch the original Halloween, but I couldn't find it anywhere, so I had to watch the remake, which it was fine, but it's definitely, like, in that vibe of 1980s slasher-type stuff. But I also went back and revisited the Scream franchise, which, let's be honest, the first one excellent work and then from there ugh, I don't know they probably should have stopped at one but anyways all that to say this is now like my favorite genre of stuff I love horror I'm like slowly building myself up to watch scarier and scarier things I've been hearing that this new show Marianne on Netflix is a real trip like really really scary so that's the next thing I'm going to build myself towards, but I'm probably going to do it in daylight and, um, you know, have uh, lots of people around me. It's like, I want to go see uh, It Chapter 2, but I was telling my friends, like, yeah, we can only go in a group where you can all sit around me. Like, I even want some of you to sit behind me so I know, like, who's there. You know what I mean? 
But anyways, I am loving it. And I, ever since I got into American Horror Story last year, ever since. But anyways, uh, I knew I wanted to cover it. I knew I wanted to be more involved with the show somehow. So I'm back. And you may have noticed that it is just me. And some episodes of this show are going to be just me flying solo. I know it's a little weird. It's not a super common thing. But I love this show so much. I just have to do it. That said, there will be a few weeks, I'm hoping, where I get some guests on the show. You guys might remember Jen from last year, uh, My BFF. We did that show about TV BFFs. Um, She is hopefully going to appear on a couple of episodes because I know she loves American Horror Story just like I do. And then I've got another friend who lives in the States and she covers American Horror Story on a different kind of podcast thing. I'm hoping to get her on. It's just I have to work out logistics with Skype and recording. I'm still new at that kind of stuff. And then maybe some other folks um, here and there throughout the season. So fingers crossed for that. Otherwise, you're just going to have to deal with me, guys. Like this is this is it. If you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. You know, we've all got our tastes. But for this week, I'm flying solo. And, you know, speaking of that, let me outline what I think this show what you can expect from this show as we move throughout the season. So like I said, it's going to be me or me with some guests. Uh, I want to talk about who, like just briefly, who wrote and directed the episodes. Uh, I will give like a brief recap with my overall thoughts of the episode. Then I'm going to touch on like the things that I really liked, the things that I didn't like so much. And then if there's anything kind of in between that really needs to be kind of pointed out, I will do that as well. Maybe some, uh, you know, 80s facts or, stuff like that like references pop culture references maybe we'll go over a few of those things then I'm going to give you my favorite line of dialogue the moment that I thought was the scariest or like the sequence or the scene that I thought was the scariest and then my favorite song from the episode because we just we have to assume that this season's soundtrack is going to be absolute fucking fire because it's the 80s and I'm actually in the midst of planning a murder mystery birthday party, which we are going to do a 1980s theme, and I am just going to get so many great ideas for my playlist. I mean, I already have several 80s playlists, but I assume this is really going to beef things up, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, Once I get through all that stuff, for future episodes, if you guys are interested in leaving any listener feedback, I'm going to put up a post like the day of the episode, or maybe I'll put out an email address. I haven't quite decided. Stay tuned on social media. Uh, That's at TV on Twitter or Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N underscore Lila, L-I-L-A underscore. And uh, I'll be posting about stuff there so we can figure out how to get the listener feedback going. If you guys aren't interested in that part, oh well, we won't do it no biggie. Then next week, I'm also going to do a brief segment kind of before we jump into American Horror Story, just talking about other stuff that's on TV, like what I'm what I'm watching, what's been good, what's been bad, kind of like how we started the episodes last year, where before we got into the main topic, we would talk about like what we've been watching that month. So instead, it'll just be what I've been watching this week. And I think, you know, the actual like subtitle of this show, it's still the Damn Fine TV podcast, but it's the Damn Fine TV weekly watch so yeah so I'm sure as we get further into September and then October there's going to be like a ton of television to talk about who knows maybe that will spin off into its own show and this will just be the American Horror Story pod we shall see how it goes but that is the general idea of what you can expect from the show going forward 
I'd love to hear your feedback. I mean, constructive criticism, of course. Don't be an asshole. But, like, let me know. If there's a segment you want me to include, if there's something you're not super enjoying, whatever. Let me know. I'm just getting back into things. I'm open to suggestions. All right, so let's get into it. This, as I mentioned at the top, is season nine of American Horror Story, uh, subtitle 1984, episode one, titled Camp Redwood. And this was written by, of course, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, like the creators of the show. We know them from other seasons of American Horror Story. We know them, well, we know Ryan Murphy from Pose, which if you're not watching Pose, stop the podcast and just go watch the first two seasons and then come back to this, okay? Because Pose is required viewing. And if you like Nurse Rita from this episode, Angelica Ross, played by Angelica Ross, I should say, she is a prominent feature in seasons one and two of Pose. She's amazing. So go watch that first and then come back, okay? We'll wait. I'm kidding. I'm not going to wait. You can pause. That's how technology works. Okay. So, um, and then Brad, I mean, I think he was like a Glee, I think they did Glee together or whatever, right? So that's them, creators of the show, not surprised they wrote the first episode. And then the episode was directed by a guy named Bradley Bwecker, Bwecker, I'm so sorry to mispronounce. Um, and he's done episodes of Glee, a lot of American Horror Story, uh, 911, and Scream Queens as well. So obviously it's kind of all in the family here. Three dudes in charge of the first episode. I really hope to see some women coming through uh, on both ends, writing and directing. That would be great to see. So a brief overview. What happened in Camp Redwood? Well, basically, I mean, it's a premiere episode, right? So we're getting introduced to the main cast, the main characters. We're getting introduced to the main setting. Uh, the, The overall plot of the season is getting set up. We're digging into not necessarily the mystery, because I think we know who the killer is, although I'm suspicious of, like, everybody already. It's just, like, it's in me after you watch so many horror films. You just have to be suspicious of everyone, uh, but, you know, we we know that, like, Mr. Jingles is John Carroll Lynch. We know that there's this Night Stalker guy who is supposed to be, you know, I went on Wikipedia and it's actually Richard Ramirez, which was a real serial killer from, like, the 1980s. I think it was, like, a 1984 to 1985 type thing. I had to I had to do my Googles on that one. I'm not super big on real serial killers, but, yeah. And, and Richard Ramirez, I don't think the same actor. I should have looked this up. My apologies. But he also made an appearance in an episode of American Horror Story. Story Hotel, which was the episode that I was afraid of the most in Hotel when all of the serial killers get together for like the serial killer dinner because that shit's freaky. That's like that's real shit. That's not playing around ghosts in a weird hotel. That's not Sally sewing people up. That's that's real shit that happened. So that freaked me out. But anyways, as I said, we're, we're getting introduced to all of these people, the setting, the kind of vibe, the atmosphere of the show. Um... We are, you know, learning the legend of Camp Redwood. We're getting the the classic, like, campfire ghost story, even though it's not a ghost, but you know what I mean. Um, we're getting the backstories and kind of hints and details here and there about who these characters are. And, you know, we're, we're learning how they know each other. Um, we're getting a lot of 80s, which is 
fantastic. I mean, okay, the thing is, I was all in after the cold open because it was just classic, right? Which I'm going to get into in a minute, all of these classic horror tropes that are going on. But then you do the, like, what they're calling the summer size class. And it's just like the the slowdown for a minute as they like put their name across the screen in that neon pink. Oh my God. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Give me more. Keep going. Let's do this. It was amazing. But yeah, we're, we're just getting into the central themes, the storylines. Essentially, it's like these five teenagers. No, nah, they're not teenagers. They can't be. They got to be like late teens, early 20s, let's say, maybe even mid 20s. I don't know, whatever. They all meet at this like summer size class. Some of them knew each other before. They're all going to get out of the city to go and be camp counselors at Camp Redwood. And especially because there's this news of this night stalker guy, everybody wants to get the hell out of Dodge and disappear, maybe play it safe. But, mm -mm, you know, spoiler alert from the end of the episode, not so much. And then, like I said, we learned the the legend of kind of Camp Redwood. We learned that Margaret, who is the owner of Camp Redwood, now played by Leslie Grossman, she was actually one of the victims. She was the only living survivor of the original uh, massacre at Camp Redwood. She had her ear cut off. Oh, my God, the ear thing. When that happened, when he was collecting the ears at the first episode, I was like, Daryl? Daryl Dixon? (laughs) Is this a Walking Dead crossover? Um... Yeah, so that's basically what happened. I mean, we're not really diving into too much. We're just getting the lay of the land. That is basically what happened. And like I already mentioned, the cold open was awesome. Okay, so we start off with sex. And that is like sex is so central to so many slashers. And usually because it's this whole thing of like, well, the virgin is always safe. She's always like the final girl or whatever. Um, And you know, you just know that when, oh, it's a big mistake. Every time um, Tyler, who is my fiance, you probably heard him on last year's shows if you were listening. We always say every time somebody takes her top off or they get in bed together, we go, oh, big mistake, buddy, because you know the killer's coming for you because there's this weird thing in horror flicks. But um, so I was in right from the beginning. I mean, the first line is, if it feels good, go with it. Come on. Come on. So good. And then the ear thing. Yeah, that was great. And I knew just from the way, I mean, I guess you could have probably figured it out from the trailers and stuff, but... Something about the way the killer was walking, I was just like, it's got to be John Carroll Lynch. Like, this is who he's coming back as. He's playing the killer in this season. But, okay, so stuff I liked. I mean, in general, I loved this episode. I was all in after the cold open, and then, as I already said, the summer size class. My goodness. Um, But the pacing, the pacing of this episode was excellent. I mean, I just don't feel like there was a dull moment. We're just go, 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 but without, like, we're not glossing over stuff, you know? I think that, and I might get into this a little bit more later, but I think American Horror Story has kind of found its sweet spot because 80s slashers, and slashers in general are, they're, they're campy, but they're gory. They're, they're right in American Horror Story's wheelhouse. Like, this show wants to walk the line between being scary and kind of gory, or really gory, And fun, like just really fun. Like people kind of make bad choices, but you're kind of here for it anyway. And I feel like that's what we're going to get. That's fingers crossed, hopefully what we're going to get. But what I was um, getting at with the glossing over part, like I do find that a lot of films, I mean, they only have an hour and a half typically, right? So a lot of shit gets glossed over, but 
we're really learning about these characters. Like, we're getting backstories about people. Like, we even know, you know, where Nurse Rita works during the rest of the year. And we know that she's smart. We know that she gets shit because she says, like, how do we get these jobs, guys? Like, why would we be offered these jobs if we've never done this before? She's catching on to stuff. We get the stuff about Chet with the Olympics. You know, we're, we already kind of know that uh, Brooke is going to be like the virgin, maybe final girl. I don't know because I just watched Scream 4 and Emma Roberts, spoiler alert for Scream 4, is not that innocent, okay? I really hope she's improved since then. I mean, I have watched Scream Queens. I've watched other episodes of American Horror or, or other seasons of American Horror Story, I should say. But when she plays characters like Madison Montgomery or Chanel Oberlin... I feel like that's what she excels at. She's very good at being a fucking bitch. But, ooh, this nice girl thing, I don't know. So far, I think she's better than Jill Roberts on uh, screen, um, yeah, Scream 4. But we'll see. I'm, I'm really hoping that she has, you know, it's been like, what, eight years since that film came out? So, fingers crossed. But yeah, the pacing, I just feel like, we we weren't just sitting around waiting for stuff to happen, even in the scenes when they're just like in the Winnebago or their um, or RV. I don't know when they're in the like moving trailer or when they're sitting around the campfire, when they're inside watching the Olympics. Like there's a lot of layers being built there, which I really like to see because, yeah, a horror film can skim over stuff because it's an hour and a half. But this is like presumably 10 episodes so we need more layers here we need to kind of feel like these are three-dimensional people this is a real place um which they did and like the 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 tone setting the atmosphere this feels I mean okay yes I was a baby in the 80s but I've watched 80s movies I've watched other things that are you know said to be set in the 80s this feels really authentic like I look at it and it's got like it's like they put like a gritty filter over the camera or something and it doesn't feel cheesy to me. And even if it, I mean, okay, yes, there's cheese to it. Obviously it's American Horror Story and it's the 80s. It's going to be a little bit oozy with cheese, but it feels right. Like it doesn't feel overdone. It doesn't feel overplayed. It doesn't feel out of place. I don't know. It's just all really gelling together. Good God, the hair, the outfits, Billy Lord's hair. I love this woman for just being like, yep, put that wig on me or whatever, do that to my hair, because wow. Wow, that is a look. Her outfit is a look. I love it. I love Montana. She's great. I'm so stoked to see more of her. I hope she lives for most of the season. I would assume she's going to because it's Billy Lord, but you never know. You really never know, but, you know, hopefully. And, you know, the music was great, too. Uh, We had Cruel Summer. Somebody's watching me. Uh... We had Def Leppard and Holland Oates. I can't think of the name of the songs, but I mean, yes, this is, I'm building my collection for my murder mystery party and I love it. And also just like the cue for each of the songs was really, really good. Yeah, it was, the episode was gory and gross and it was fun. It was like I was saying before, it was just a really fun time. I'm, and like I was saying before, I'm already really suspicious of everyone, Margaret in particular, because I don't know, maybe it's just because she's like a God-fearing woman, but like God-fearing to like the nth degree, like it's so extra. Um, Cause I don't have a problem with religious people. Be religious, do your thing. We are all entitled. But when you're like this, when it's like no sex, no booze. Oh my God. When she's like, none of that funny smelling cigarettes. What is that? Cloves? <laughs> she is 
too much. I mean, I love it. I love the character, but it just makes me feel suspicious of her, especially because she has this connection with the original massacre. I'm like, is she here to teach more? Is she going to be like with Mr. Jingles, like teaching people a lesson or something? I don't know. I'm suspicious of her. And I'm just going to be suspicious of Brooke because she played like kind of a duplicitous kind of character in Scream 4. And it's Emma Roberts. I don't know. I just feel like all of a sudden she could turn and she's the villain and she'd be really good at that. But anyways, uh, yeah, it was just such a fun episode. But I think my favorite, favorite thing is all the tropes that they're using. I mean, from the very beginning, the whole, like, sex and then murder thing. I mean, I know that he murdered everybody in that um, cabin, but still, to kind of put the focus on the characters that were having the threesome and then to to show their murders. And then, you know, we get to... They're driving in their Winnebago, which also really reminds me of Cabin in the Woods, like how they're getting up to camp for the weekend. They stop at the shady gas station and the gas station attendant tells them, you're all going to die. Turn back now. They should have never reopened that camp. It's so cliche and I love it. It's so good. Uh, all the jump scares, and then we've got, like, even even the hiker, like, he's warning um, Brooke later on, like, no, I tried to stop it, you have to get out of here, something bad's gonna happen, like, all these, like, little warnings that are so um, classic for that kind of a, that kind of genre. Speaking of the hiker, when he, like, hopped out in the middle of the, or when they, like, hit him, whatever, I was like, is that fucking Kevin Bacon? Because I think he's in... He's in the original Friday the 13th or something. He's in, like, one of those original slasher movies. And I was like, oh, shit, they got Kevin Bacon to do, like, a weird cameo. Then when you see his face, it's very clearly not Kevin Bacon. But throughout this episode, if I refer to Kevin Bacon, I'm talking about the hiker. Because in my notes, it's all Kevin Bacon-looking motherfucker. So that's who that is. Even the characters are kind of like, you know, I did mention we're getting layers, we're getting backstories, we're getting nuanced characters, but they do kind of feel like they're fitting into stereotypes still, right? Like we've got Brooke, who's like the virgin. We've got Montana, who, you know, is kind of reminding me right now of Tatum from the from Scream 1, who's just like the more, she's just free with her sexuality, which is perfectly fine, but it's just like contrast to Brooke's virginal character, right? And then we've got the jock with Chet. Ray is kind of like, I don't know, he's borderline kind of stuff. Like, he's like the funny guy, but he's also the sweet guy. And then it seems like Xavier is going to turn out to be, I don't know, he's kind of like the leader, but he's also kind of the asshole. I mean, Chet's an asshole too, but he's like definitely the jock type, right? He's the Olympics guy, blah, blah, blah. And then we've got, like, the... Margaret's kind of, like, the virginal character to the extreme. She's, like, the one that wants everybody to be pure and, like, godlike and da-da-da. Even the killer, Mr. Jingles, kind of feels like he's he's reminiscent of, like, let's say Jason. He's reminiscent, of course, of Michael Myers because of the way the whole, like, breaking out. I mean, I know Michael Myers. I think he was in prison. Maybe he was in a psych ward. But the whole breaking out of prison slash uh, psych ward type thing, the hulking figure that he is. But then the raincoat, that's also, like, kind of a throwback to I Know What You Did Last Summer. So he's kind of this amalgamation of a whole bunch of, I guess not stereotypes, Stereotypes, but just different killer characters. But even that, just even their characters just feel, you know, of a piece with that kind of stuff. Then we've got, uh, like, yeah, I just said the patient breaking out, the camera angles. Like, 
the the sweeping shots of like the water and the woods and like something rustling or something watching everything as it's happening from the woods is so Friday the 13th, right? And then even um, when Mr. Jingles breaks out and he gets to the gas station and then there's that shot from like we're looking up at Mr. Jingles, but it's also upside down. That just feels really classic, stuff like that. The fact that it was raining, like pissing down raining in those final scenes, very classic. Then we've got the missing body. Of course, of course, every time. The first kill, it's always like, okay, yeah, good one, Brooke, you dummy. You just, you're seeing things. Or what they tell her, she got stoned because they smoked like a wicked hybrid, right? But she didn't smoke anything, so. But yeah, it's all that shit. And then even, you know what, like, Normally, I might be mad about this kind of thing. Like, when I'm yelling at characters, like, girl, why are you doing this? No, go back inside. Go with a group. Get a buddy. Why are you, like, just yelling at the screen? Like, oh, my God, no, stop. What are you doing? But it's fun. And it's, like, indicative of all of these films that this show is working with. So it's great. And I just, I think I love that the most about this episode was just the use of all of those things. I'm super interested to see how they're going to be able to work in. I'm sure there's just a myriad more of things that they could be using that I don't even know about because I'm still not that well-versed in the horror genre, but I can't wait to see what else they do and how they pack it in and how, you know, maybe they can even start to, I don't know, like hack and slash from other stuff and kind of, you know, put it all together and make their own, like, new tropes, their own new, oh, that's the quintessential uh, shot when somebody gets killed, something like that, you know what I mean? But yeah, like I was saying, I really think that this might be, okay, I like to use this analogy a lot about baked bread and a season of television. I use it a lot. Well, I used it once for The Handmaid's Tale season three, okay? It's like you get this beautiful premiere episode and it's like the top of a bread. It's it's golden. It's got that like nice um, um, toasty texture that that beautiful smell it's got that color it's you touch it on the top it's nice it's got that firm texture it's beautiful it's a beautiful premiere right then you you slice the end piece which is like episodes two and three let's say still good because it's the end piece still nice and crispy nice and toasty it's got that good flavor once you get towards the middle you realize fuck I did not let this uh, dough rise enough or I did not cook it long enough because this is doughy and wet and a lot of seasons of American Horror Story as much as I love this show get like that like there are a lot of filler episodes there's a lot of dough there's a lot of wet dough in the middle right and then you get towards the end and they have great finales and you're like oh I can't wait for next year this was so good right so I'm gonna pace myself and I'm gonna be like I am very I look forward to the season. I'm very intrigued. I can't wait to see what else happens. But but if we start getting a little doughy, I'm going to like not be super surprised, you know? Like I'll I'll leave room for the dough, I guess. But maybe this year's different. We never know, okay? I do think that this season has the potential to be one of its best because as I was saying before, I think that 80s slasher is a real sweet spot for this show. It's it's gory, it's campy, it's fun, it can be gross, but it can be really funny, it can be sexy, it can be, you know, all of those things. And American Horror Story really excels when it's walking the line between that and not trying to take itself too, too seriously. The only thing I did not like about this episode is that there was no Sarah Paulson. 
ah, I am, this is another reason that, like, if we start getting wet dough in the middle of the season, you might need Paulson back. I know she's supposed to make, like, a guest or a recurring appearance. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. I love Paulson. I love her work on this show. But listen, that's not the episode's fault. It's not even the season's fault. It is what it is. She's working on other projects. She's letting other people take center stage, whatever it is. You know what? Billy Lord is great. I love her. Like, I did not really like her in that cult role. I can't remember what the name was. Melissa or Madison or some shit. Um, It was weird. I didn't really feel it for her. This, I'm feeling a lot already. I think this is this is a good role for her. Cody Fern, come on. Not only is he gorgeous, he's just great. Like, I feel like he is an up-and-coming actor. He's he's going to get a lot of good roles. He can really shapeshift. He's excellent. And Emma Roberts, whatever, we'll see how she does. Um, Leslie Grossman is great. I'm super happy to see Matthew Morrison. You know, I know Glee really went... went <laughs> it sucked. It sucked after a while. You know, hot take. But... I always liked him, and I'm really excited to see him in this role. This is funny already. I mean, he has, um, how do we say this? Um, whatever he is packing in those pants could probably, um, I don't know, register as a town or something. Like, it's massive. Um, and I just think that I like to see, I, I'm excited to see him embrace this kind of funny role. And I'm super into this uh, new guy, Gus Kenworthy, that's playing Ray. I can't wait to see what else he does. New characters, great. More people of color. I mean, still not enough people of color. We've got him. We've got Angelica Ross, which is awesome. Um, I'm happy to see her. I was getting some candy vibes. Like, for those of you who watch Pose, you'll know what I mean. Because just, like, the smoking thing. And, of course, it's the 80s vibes, right? But I think she's different enough. She's definitely not as sassy as Candy was. So, you know, we'll see what goes on there. But uh, I think they can all come together and make one Sarah Paulson, maybe one and a half Sarah Paulsons, but we'll see. I think they can carry it. Hopefully they can. Okay, now let's get to best dialogue, best song, scariest moment. So for best song, it's going to have to be a tie between Cruel Summer and Somebody's Watching Me. I already like both of those songs. I really like the way that they were queued up. Like Cruel Summer, we had right after Montana and Brooke like, Montana's talking about being um, an aerobics, like, competitor or whatever, which I just, if that's real, and that, like, the 80s are so weird and fun. What a time to be alive, I bet, right? Oh, my God. But competitive aerobics, wow. I kind of want to bring it back. It's just be funny. I mean, maybe it's never gone anywhere. Maybe it's a whole underground thing that I just don't know of. But anyways, she finishes telling Brooke about this, and then Cruel Summer comes in. And the way that they cut from that into Xavier telling everybody about this like Night Stalker story was just so good. I just loved that transition. It was it was kind of the perfect tone shift. And then somebody's watching me. I legit cannot remember. I think it's I think it's when they're in the Winnebago and it's after like the gas station guy tells them, "Oh, you're all gonna die." 
But it's just, it's such a on-the-nose song to put in this episode, to put in this kind of show, and it's just great. It's just perfect. Like, it just works so well. The best line of the episode, this was tough, and I assume this is going to be tough throughout the season because there's a lot of good one-liners in a show like this, but it's got to go to Chef Birdie. I mean, she put Xavier in his place like that, and I loved it. I have a feeling Chef Birdie is going to get got, but let's keep our fingers crossed that she's around for a little while longer. And then scariest moment. This one was hard, too, because I didn't really find this first episode super scary. I mean, it was tense. It had, like, some thrilling kind of suspenseful moments, but it wasn't overall very scary. But so I'm going to go with, like, the goriest moment, and there's enough to choose from there, right? And I actually do have a tie. So when... um, I almost called him Michael Myers, but when Mr. Jingles is breaking out and he strangles the security guard and blood comes out from this man's eyes oh my god like my eyes hurt as I was watching it gross but great and then the second one okay the gas station attendant gets a full fucking boot to the head gets his head crushed in by that man's boot look at John Carroll Lynch then look at those boots that is a massive massive human being and and boot set It's like, it's not even a real, it's just like weight. And I don't mean that to say like, oh, he's overweight. I mean, he's tall as fuck. And with heavy boots on like that, yeah, your head is going to get crushed. Oh my God, that was gross. I screamed out loud and had to pause because I was super grossed out. So those are the goriest moments. Hopefully we'll get some like genuinely scary moments that I can uh, quote in upcoming episodes. And you guys, that's it. That's it for the episode this week. Short, sweet, to the point. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I didn't miss anything. Um, I'm loving it. I am so all in on this season. I am so excited to see what happens next. Um, And I want to hear what you guys think. So definitely um, hit me up on social media. Like I said before, it's at TV on Twitter or Jasmine underscore Lila underscore on Instagram. I'm also, I think, going to set up my email address again. I got rid of it when I was like, I'm never podcasting again. I was being dramatic. Um, but I'm going to get that set back up again, uh, damnfinetv at gmail.com. Hopefully, don't quote me on that. Maybe, maybe I'll cut this out, but uh, I will let you know what the email address is. I will be putting up feedback posts probably on my blog, which is allthisdamnfinetv.wordpress.com. Probably going to spring for an actual website this year. We'll see. An actual domain, I should say. Um, but yeah, and if you guys want to leave feedback on the episode, if you guys want to leave feedback for next week's, this is probably where I would read it. I'd be like, hey, sub, this is what, uh, Maddie thinks. Maddie thought it was great. Whatever. You guys know how listener feedbacks work. This is not your first podcast, I would assume. If it is, welcome. And I hope you enjoyed and check out other podcasts because podcasts are great. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm so sorry I just dipped off the face of the planet for a little while. I am back. 
Oh, and I should say, I'll promo this uh, for upcoming in the year. Once American Horror Story finishes, I'm probably going to find another show to do like a weekly watch kind of thing with. But for about five weeks, five to six weeks, uh, pretty much from when American Horror Story ends and right up until New Year's Eve, I'm going to be releasing a series of episodes where guests and I talk about our favorite shows from the past decade because 2020 is coming up. It's going to be a big thing later this year. All the TV critics are going to be releasing their lists for the best of the decade and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to do some podcasts about it. We're going to be talking about our favorite shows, which either which started in 2010 or after. Uh, They can still be airing. They could have finished within the decade as well, but we'll be talking about our favorite shows from there. I'm going to be releasing some articles towards the end of the year that have, like, I think I chose, like, 25 or 30 shows that were my favorite from the decade. But uh, you'll hear old guests like uh, Connor will be back, Jen will be back, Jeff will be back, uh, Tyler, I'm sure, will make an appearance, Andrew and Kiernan are going to be on the show again, and then some new voices I'm welcoming into the mix this year, and hopefully we can get them back for some other stuff too. So look forward to that later on this year, and of course, I will be back next week for the second episode of American Horror Story. Until then, have a great week, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.